Welcome to Entrench, a 21 Pilots podcast. Hello, local dreamers. Welcome to Entrench. My name is Anna, and this is episode 5, Friend Please. Make sure you have listened to the song beforehand and are ready for an in-depth analysis of track 5 off 21 Pilots. Hello friends, how are you? It has been a while since I have been on here. Um, I have been moving and transitioning and just kind of getting used to a new season that I'm in. I'm also job searching right now because um, I'm interested in music and in writing and entertainment and I'm in insurance right now. So not ideal. Um, I hope you guys are hanging in there with the state of everything that's going on. Um, I know a lot of people are struggling for various reasons, lots of injustice, lots of just crappy situations. So I hope you're hanging in there because there is still hope in the world. So now to jump right in, we have another good one for you today. So with Friend Please, um, the song starts off with a little brief intro and it kind of has a chaotic and I would say kind of a perilous feel. You can kind of tell that we're getting into something deep and something that we will shortly find out is not the most upbeat of songs, but it's very important because it deals with depression and suicide. So verse one, Tyler starts off singing, I feel for you, but when did you believe you were alone? You say that spiders crawled inside and made themselves a home where light once was. So as the speaker, he starts off speaking to a subject who, as we could assume, is a friend and kind of saying, I feel for you, I have felt loneliness before, and I understand where you're at currently with your state of mind, but when did you believe you were alone? So he also sets up the premise that they are sitting in this loneliness and it's actually a lie. It's a question of belief. This person is believing that they are alone, and by questioning why they believe this, He is also implying that that's not not actually the case. And even in just starting this song and addressing this person, he's initially saying, hey, like, I see you and I feel for you and I hear you. So already you're not alone. You're not invisible. Even if in the midst of inner turmoil, you might feel like it. I'm already addressing you. I see you and you matter. So it's quite powerful introduction, I would say. And he goes on to say, you say that spiders live, sorry, not live, but crawled inside and made themselves a home where light once was. Assuming this to be the person's soul or their heart, their mind, whatever you want to think, their innards. (laughs) But I really like that he uses spiders as a specific image because, as we know, spiders are generally predators and if we are to compare this to the classic Satan character, we know that spiders like to trap their prey in a web and I think something that makes Satan really powerful and daunting and terrifying is that he will trap us in lies and I myself have never struggled with depression or suicide, but I can only imagine the pure fear of 
just genuinely fully believing lies in your mind and not being able to rationalize yourself out of the fact that they're not lies. You know, he's speaking to this friend, describing that they are saying they feel this way. So again, it's that tiny, tiny reminder of how it's not actually true. Like, yes, supposedly spiders are crawling inside you and making themselves at home, but he prefaces that by saying, you say that. And I think as someone who does struggle with anxiety and mental illness in that way, I do think that's a really important distinction for kind of coping through those thoughts that you have when you're struggling with a mental illness. Um, Being able to say, yes, my brain is saying this right now, but that's not actually the truth. And that's not actually me. You know, that's not actually the truth of, of what I believe, but that's what my brain's saying to me right now. And I think something I really loved that I learned in a group therapy was to vocalize that I'm having the thought that blank. So like the friend in the song might be saying, you know, I'm having the thought that I don't need to be alive anymore. And just wording it like that can help them overcome Maybe not over, overcome is not the best word because it's obviously something you still battle and struggle through, but being able to verbalize that you're having that thought instead of just verbatim what the thought is can help you distance yourself from your mental illness a bit more because your mental illness, no matter how overwhelming and terrifying it is, is not you. And whenever you can remind yourself of that, it changes everything, honestly. So... We also know from the end of this verse that there was light inside of this person, but it's no longer there. And again, I think that just emphasizes how our hope and our faith, especially for those of us struggling with mental illness, can be clouded over by lies and by evil and by fear and feeling like a burden and feeling unimportant and all those kinds of things. Just because you can't see the light doesn't mean it's not still there and it doesn't mean that that can't still be inside of you. So going into verse 2, he continues on talking of his friend saying, petrified of who you are and who you have become. You will hide from everyone, denying you need someone to exterminate your bones. They are afraid of who they are and who they've become and I think obviously they're dealing with a lot of thoughts that are debilitating and thoughts that are heavy and thoughts that not everyone has, thoughts that are very dark that not everyone has. So I think really that easily leads people to places of probably shame and guilt, which is exactly where we are to flee from, but that's also exactly where the devil wants us is in shame and guilt. If you feel too out of place, you'll, with your thoughts, you'll more easily isolate yourself. And when you isolate yourself, it's much easier for the devil to just get in and attack your thoughts and your thought processes and make you feel even more alone. And I think, as this whole song really alludes to, ultimately another huge piece of what can help you battle these thoughts and depression and suicidal ideations is really community but that doesn't take away from the reality of the darkness and depths of these sad 
tragic thoughts and the fact that not everyone does have them and so it can be scary to acknowledge yeah I'm in this really dark place not everyone can relate to that and sometimes shame and guilt can take over because of that and I think that's why he continues on explaining that you will hide from everyone denying you need someone to exterminate your bones and that's obviously a very harsh violent way of describing that you know, if someone were to go up and ask that person, how are you doing? They'd probably just say good or fine or kind of obviously be anything but honest because of how dark they really feel. Whereas if they were to be honest, they would probably say something like, you know, I wish I was dead. I wish I just didn't have to feel like a burden to everyone anymore. And again, these are all lies. These are all things that are just heartbreaking, but things that people battle with through their mental illnesses and Yeah, the tendency is to deny how horrible your thoughts actually are and to isolate yourself further because you don't want to scare people with the reality of what those thoughts are, but I think it's important to also acknowledge that in, in expressing how this person is feeling in their tendencies, there's that simultaneous sentiment of but I I see you and I know that you have those tendencies and I know that you're not going to say what you're actually feeling and how little will you have left, but I still see you and I still want to sing this song for you. And it's heartbreaking, but it's also hopeful in that these people in their trials and the bottom of their pits, they're being acknowledged right now. And I think, you know, every every line of the song is kind of entrenched in that simultaneous hope that as dark as these thought processes are they're being validated and they're being acknowledged so the chorus as we know says friend please remove your hands from over your eyes for me i know you want to leave but friend please don't take your life away from me this is the part that i love so much they the lyrics get away from this is how you're feeling this is what you told me describing the person and it moves on to but here's my perspective and I think you know as the person struggling with a mental illness you you don't have that faith and hope in the moment even as a Christian if you're struggling through depression you it's very unlikely you're having much faith and hope in the midst of that but you have your faith community to walk alongside you and remind you of the perspective that you're feeling all of this but I need you to know that you have an impact on me and you have an impact on your community. It's really sad but just the words friend please remove your hands from over your eyes for me it shows just how inward facing people struggling with depression and any mental illness really are the posture we tend to have when we're in the midst of our illnesses is to be really inward focused and that keeps us down it keeps us hopeless it keeps us faithless but that's why we need other people to remind us to look outward whenever we have the enough energy to do so and to also remind us even if we don't believe it that we do have an impact on other people and we do hold space and we there would be an absence if we were not there you know the cry of the song is friend please don't take your life away from me because in the midst of suicidal thoughts and depression it's easy to just 
have sentiments that are like, well, I have this effect on people, I'm a burden to people, I'm not worth much to be around, I, it's, it's a lot of I sentiments, and this is a good reminder, don't take your life away from me, like, you're not just taking your life away from yourself, you're taking your life away from every person who's ever known you that's really vital to remember in the midst of those darkest places because even something that seems like it only has an impact on you has an impact on loads of other people so much so that it would change everyone's life forever if you took your own that's how important you are as a person and yeah, it doesn't mean what you're going through is easy. It doesn't mean that it's not going to be a real struggle trying to get over what you're dealing with and suffering through, but just know that there is a perspective outside your own, even if you don't believe it or can't see it or don't want to hear it in the midst of the battle. So verse 3 goes on to say, Living like a ghost, you walk by everyone you know. You say that you're fine you have lost your sway and glow so I stopped by to let you know and then it goes into the chorus again and again there aren't too many images in this song but I think the images that are in the song are really important like the spiders and I really like that he uses the image of a ghost as well living like a ghost you're living detached you're living lifelessly. You are a part of something, but you're not fully there. And I would imagine that people who struggle with suppression and suicidal ideations could definitely resonate with in the midst of those bouts of illness, just not feeling wholly present and just not feeling wholly attached to other people and what's going on. I think that's all the more reason why this song is necessary and messages like this are necessary to remind people that they still matter and that they still again take up space i just can't say it enough you say that you're fine but you've lost your sway and glow again you've lost your hope you've lost you know sway it just makes me think of like dancing and just kind of like simple pleasures simple small things that can kind of make your day like really shows the dreariness of depression and how even those simple little pleasures on a normal day you could easily spot out and be like wow thanks for my bed or thanks for the weekend or thanks for food or whatever it might be like even something as simple as dancing and and simple pleasures can't even be found by someone in the pits I know that's probably really difficult for people without mental illnesses or, or not struggling with depression to really wrap their minds around but I think that's a really good way to describe what people in the midst of depression are going through and like it's it's heavy but it really is that heavy it really is something you can't just snap get out of um it's something that you kind of have to ride out and lean on other people in and yeah it's not really some you, you can't really feel much because you're in the midst of numbness that's a big part of it as well and because of that I think that's why it says you've lost your glow. When you're in the midst of numbness, you don't really give anything off. Like, you know, metaphorically, you're just kind of neutral, I guess, if you're numb. But, again, he goes into the chorus, giving that external perspective to someone struggling with a very internal weight. 
And then finally, the last little bit we haven't talked about is the bridge where he says, would you let me know your plans tonight? Because I just won't let go till we both see the light and I have nothing else left to say. I will listen to you all day. Yes, I will. I, I like how he starts off asking, would you let me know your plans tonight? How, again, this is a very internal battle, but something he wants to be directly involved in. And the restlessness of not wanting that person to be alone, not wanting that person to isolate themselves at such a low point, and pleading for them to keep at least one person in the loop so they won't be concerned. But I think either way, it's apparent that you know, loved ones won't let go. They're not going to just be like, oh, you're not gonna be honest with me. Okay, bye. But, you know, I think there's also that implication of even if you don't tell me your plans, I'm going to make sure that you know I'm still here. I'm gonna make sure that you know that I'm not gonna let you isolate yourself. And I like how he talks about, you know, not wanting to let go until they both see the light. Just that idea of godly community being walking beside your brothers and sisters and seeing their struggles all the way through to the very end, walking through them in multiple seasons where they're struggling with, you know, the same sin or mental illness or whatever it might be. That reminder of how even if they can't fully empathize with something you're going through, they're still going to walk with you and see it through with you until the end. And it's another reminder of that we involved that even in something that only you're suffering with right now, it's still not something you're going to go through alone because you have that godly community beside you. And I have, he admits, I have nothing else left to say. At some point, you can only say so much and it's, it's also important to realize that words can only get so far, especially with heavy topics and dark seasons. There's only so much you can say to someone who's struggling in a way that you might not understand or just struggling in a way that they can't really emotionally give you anything. And I think it's powerful, especially as, as someone myself who has a tendency to try to try to find ways to, to find solutions or fix things or help people through things. I, I think it's a really strong and powerful statement to, to admit that you don't have anything else to say, but that you will just continue to listen or even sit there if, if they're going to be silent, even even just walk beside them, even if they don't want to say anything at all. And I like that he finishes saying, yes, I will, addressing those those lies and those fears that the depressed friend is going through of like, you don't want to do that. You wouldn't want to waste your time. You wouldn't want to spend all this time with me especially if I'm, I'm nothing but a downer or just feeling completely numb or, you know, whatever it might be. But I really like that he makes sure to reassure the friend that, yes, I will do this. And it wasn't just a gesture of me trying to be nice or leave an impression, but I will follow through with what I say I'm going to do. And then the outro again is, friend, please remove your hands from over your eyes for me. I know you want to leave, but friend, please don't take your life away from me. And it ends a lot quieter than it started, which I think we've seen through a few of their songs. But this outro was 
powerful to me because it also reminded me that Tyler himself has struggled with depression and suicidal ideations and from that perspective it's very much like hey I've been exactly where you you are currently and I I want you to keep trying I know you probably don't probably don't feel like you can but I I didn't feel like I could either and I still did anyway because someone else had similar sentiments to me for me and I think that's really powerful and I think you could even like think of this song coming from God towards you in your depression or your trial and that's a whole other level of you might not think you could do it for yourself you might not think you matter to other people but you definitely will always matter to God and if nothing else, if you don't feel like you have anyone to lean on, do it for me. Love, God. <laughs> so that was cheesy, but it's true that that brings a whole other level of meaning to this song. And it's a message I truly know that God wants everyone to hear as well. And the other part of why I like this song so much is that he goes through talking about how his friend is feeling and his tendencies and everything, but he never once tries to tell them to just cheer up, you know? He never tells them to change their way of thinking. He never tries to invalidate what they're feeling and what they're struggling with. And I think, especially as Christians, there can be a lot of stigmas with mental health, especially as far as like prayer goes and trust and faith. But the reality is a lot of people struggle with depression and that's not something they can just change. That's not something they can just get over or just magically have go away. And I think it's it's also important to obviously continue to pray for people continue to point them towards the hope and truth that we have especially as believers but also it's important to sit with them in what they're going through and to make sure that they feel validated exactly for what they're feeling and to not try to fix it by our own understanding because we can't truly know as individuals what another individual is specifically going through and just having the humility of no I I don't have a thought process like that and I never will and I, I'll never have depression but I still want to just go with you through that that really difficult journey and I think yeah just having that companionship and that strength to walk into something you're completely unfamiliar with as someone who doesn't struggle with mental illness or depression specifically that's a really powerful thing to do is to just have the humility to just listen and to just sit and to just be there and not try to change anything because you really can't. I want to hear from you like usual. So you can email entrenchpodcast at gmail.com with a written account of your 21 pilot story or your favorite memory you have related to Tyler and Josh. I will be sure to start reading them at the end of each episode as soon as they start coming into the inbox. And if you would like to contribute to the analysis, you can join the podcast Facebook group by searching Entrench Podcast Group. I look forward to hearing from you all. So you can tune in next week for Johnny Boy. And by Johnny Boy, I definitely meant March to the Sea.
Thank you so much for listening, friends. Stay alive and remember, in Trench, you're not alone.